Hello, this is the Frank Skinner Show with um, Emily Dean and Ellen Cochran. We are, I think I said Helen Cochran then. You know what? Um, (laughs) Yeah, his sister's turned up. We are not live, by the way. We're not live, (laughs) so don't text the show. Uh, But you can follow us at Frank on the radio on Twitter and Instagram, or you can email us via the Absolute Radio website, that old favourite. Ah, so um, hello, guys. How are you feeling? Hello. I feel like um, Helen. Ah, well, because <laughs> I, I don't know if, if that, um, that side of the medical um, business is still operating. That's but, a good uh, question. It seems yeah, less it important now, doesn't it? Everything, everything um, apart from survival seems less important, Indeed. I, I guess. It's all, all going to be a bear um, <laughs> yeah. Can I just apologise in advance if you can hear the clanking of bottles? I haven't um, turned to the booze. That is my neighbour doing a recycling. I'm not. Oh, OK. <laughs> How lovely that we can hear your neighbour doing the recycling. Again, what's the point? Um, yeah. <laughs> not now, Greta. <laughs> not now. Yeah. Oh, well, I, and there is a thing. I don't want to bring. I don't want to bring things down. But I got up the other morning, and my uh, seven-year-old son Boz was in tears on the sofa, oh. and I thought, I don't know what's happened. And he said, Look, I had a really the worst nightmare ever last oh. night. I woke was he watching up you at- on the Brits. Oh. Um, and uh, no, we're, we're, that's banned. He um, <laughs> he said, um, "No, that was when I had the worst nightmare." Ever. <laughs> he um, he said, "I woke up at two fifteen a.m. I was so upset um, by the the nightmare. I never got back to sleep. I just lay there." And he was really, really upset. And I, you know, I put my arm around him and I said, "Look, it's just a nightmare. Tell me what it was about." And um, and then he started laughing and said, "April Fool." Oh, excellent! And I, I said to him, "That is, that's quite a cruel one, isn't it?" That's, I thought. Yeah, I can't think where he would have picked that up at all. I mean, <laughs> no, exactly. He's learned from no, the best, Frank. I mean, it, especially in the current climate, I thought it was a really dark. <laughs> anyway, it was a bit. Um, I'm impressed. What's that number nine thing called? Inside, oh, inside number nine. Number nine. Yes, yeah, it was a bit like that. It was, a bit, it, it was an opening to the day like that. Did you, in- did you decide, so the April Fool, which um, our regular readers will be familiar with some of Frank's greatest hits on April the 1st. Oh, yeah. There was the time when you said to your mother-in-law, go for it, Frank. What did you remember uh, what you oh, said? Was that when the, when the toilet had, had uh, broken and was shooting water all over the bathroom floor? Yes. Mm. You and said the toilet had broken... The- also, the, my, my car's been stolen was another one. Oh. Um, and perhaps the greatest of all, the one that nearly ended my relationship, was when I told my partner that I'd agreed to do a television show <laughs> with Gok Wan, in which I walked around uh, northern towns and cities dressed in avant-garde costumes, um, talking to people. And the title of it was, Why Are You Wearing That? And Kath <laughs> said to me, you're not the person... Um, I thought you were when I said I'd accept it and, and said, I don't think I can go out with you anymore. Um, but we got over that. We got over that. We'll get over this. All right. Nice positive message in your... Speaking I, I was going to my... say, boys, I know, sorry, Frank. I, I noticed Coronation Street, they did uh, an April Fool, didn't they? 
They pretended they? that it had been um, turned into a cartoon version oh, of the show. Good. Well, is it? I mean, oh, you don't want to be talking wow. yourself out of work. Good point. I'd love to watch a cartoon version of Coronation Street. What a brilliant idea. You could bring back then all the dead people. That's a good yeah. idea. Oh, man. Get John Coleshaw involved. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, um, Albert Tatlock. I'm serious. I would love to watch that. <laughs> and you could, you could see Ina Sharples in colour, which would have been a new thing for me, except I did have a Coronation Street jigsaw. Um, which featured a, uh, a tableau from the Rovers' <laughs> return, which had, um, you know, Martha Longhurst and Nina Sharples and Excellent. Minnie Caldwell. These we have loved. And Al, of course, tableaus in history. And Al. <laughs> Al, of course, Al was in it. Uh, yeah, let's, let's mm. not forget that. I'm proud to be on the same show. I've only ever done Emmerdale myself, which, let's have face it, it's, yeah, it's not the same. Yeah, I was only as a voice. That's which I, I mean. I might get the call when they did the cartoon version. They might ask me to be um, Annie Sogden. <laughs> Do you remember your line in Emmerdale? What did you say? Um, I think it was, um, it's not my sheep, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Skinner. By the speaking of my seven-year-old son, he told me that um, the coronavirus came from a bat biting a chicken and then somebody ate that chicken. Is this... I've then been telling lots of people that origin story without doing any fact check at mm. all. Uh, I he... thought it was um, from a human eating a raw bat at a, what they call a wet market in China where you can buy a lots raw of... raw bat? Oh, yeah, sorry, that was, was me. half-cooked... Either well, that Ozzy or a Osborne, pangolin, then. they think. Yes, Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy Osbourne. Well, he bit a rat. On, he, bit, he bit the head off a bat on stage. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that was... Um, I mean, I don't want to burst any bubbles, but I think that might have been the magic of theatre. <laughs> oh, I think it was the magic of uh, heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I have to say the phrase, the magic of heroin, is not one you hear very often. <laughs> well, not, I don't know. Unless you're in uh, Pete, Pete Doherty's house. There probably are places, you know, the uh, county county line houses. Yeah. He's not, is he in lot. the heroin chair, Pete Doherty? I don't know if he is anymore. Um, mm. I, I, I'd, I like to think he's, uh, he's cleaned up his act. Oh, yes, I've, he has. I've, oh, yeah. I've, but I've you, apologies, Pete. you meant as a shorthand for who... Yes. Yeah. Can I say, I, I think I would advise um, in a pre-recorded show not to do any stuff about Pete Doherty during a major um, <laughs> pandemic. Yes. In fact, anyone. Um, yeah, so it's... Uh, I'll tell you another thing I, I've had is that um, we've been using the freezer a bit more, what with our panic buying. <laughs> oh, have you done a lot of panic buying? No, I haven't done it. I'm anti-panic buying, but it, it. But we are. Um, we are. We have like a thing, like a fish delivery, where a man comes with a box of fish, you know. Oh, and nice. you can't eat. You can't eat like eight pieces of fish in two days. Well, you could do, but it's not a contest. If you're an so, Eskimo. we've been we've been freezing it. Um, how many uh, how many words have they got for fish? <laughs> An awful oh, lot, yes. I think. They got a lot for. Um, Twine, Snow. fishing twine. Yeah. 
Snow, that's a big one with these people. Snow is there. Yeah. Obviously, that's their, that's their peak. I love snow. Um, yeah. I wonder how many they've got for fur. Anyway, I have always been anti-frozen um, food. It, it frightens me. Um, and so all this stuff now has gone in the fridge, and I don't know if I have the courage to eat it because I've mm. never... I've read so many different things about, like, if you put a lamb chop in a fridge, what you have to do with it oh, before yeah. um, do you mean a freezer? it's safe. In the freezer, rather, yeah. Yeah. So I always I think, thinking up, you hear all these stories of old people's homes having a chicken or a big turkey and then, like, you know, all being very, very ill. And that's put I, me off. Oh, yeah. Here's, here's what I think should happen for you, Frank, now, is that they were your previous fears, but now if you think of your fears in life as a leaderboard... COVID-19 has jumped to the top and everything else has been pushed down at least one place. That and so is your, true. your fear of frozen food might have slipped right off the leaderboard and you could just carry on and eat it like, like everybody else. <laughs> Al, I'm loving this. You sound like one of those inspirational gurus they make a documentary about on Netflix. Well, that sounds I'm... good. It's no, a but that's a good plan. thing. That's a now good that, thing. Now that comedy's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Can I, um, pause. It wasn't on. that bad a link. Uh, oh, yeah. So, if I paraphrase you, what you're saying is not now, Captain Birdseye. <laughs> yes. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We've heard from the outside world this week because we took the liberty of posting up pictures of our home studio setups from last week, and uh, yours has well, caused told. a little. I was told I had to. Yes, we've we've got feedback on all of our home studio setups, but yours has oh, caused a little dear. bit of fuss, Frank. Because I don't know if you remember, maybe you're in the same system today, but you had a laptop balanced on a linen basket. That's correct. And your I... selfie had a huge stack of books in the background, and uh, some scamp, Robert B. Brain, has said nowhere to treat books unless you've just moved in. In which case, I apologise. <gasps> okay, oh, my word. Um, calling you I don't out. know why. But stacking books is not a bad way to treat books, is it? Yeah, I mean, I thought, no. I, when I saw it, I just thought, oh, he's so learned, his background is books. That's what I thought. Well, I, you know what? I, um, I, should, I didn't do what you're supposed to do with um, when you're on like, Sky News talking about something on Skype. Oh, yeah. You're supposed to always put... Um, the history of Western philosophy by Bertrand Russell yes. behind you. <laughs> yes. And I didn't rearrange my books. So I realised there's things like a, a Pep Guardiola biography <laughs> and stuff in the background, which is not what I'm trying to project, to be honest. Well, it is, it's troubling times in that respect because I noticed I had a terrible book on my shelves, Frank. I didn't know I still had it. Paul Burrell, Diana, Her True Story. Oh, Excellent. wow. I mean, come on. You don't want to still be having that loitering on the shelves. Gossiping butlers. No. He was not a man to leave things loitering on her shelves. Paul Burrell moment ever was, do you remember him on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here? He put oh, yes. his hand into um, he put his hand into a crevice and there were rats in there. And as he was pushing it out of the way, he said, come on, move over, darling. <laughs> and called the rat darling it was sort of affectionate and i loved it sorry over to you frank skinner at the laundry basket yeah i um 
I noticed, and I, it's weird, when I took the photo, it didn't actually occur to me what was over my shoulder. And that is so naive, because whenever I see oh, anyone yeah. at home, all I look at is what's over their shoulder in their house. And people did some great spotting. They actually spotted, I've got um, a poster from Doctor Who's Mommy on the Orient Express on my wall, which was the yes. one episode I was in, of course. Mm. And they also, uh, I, I mean, I looked at this and I thought they've got a better quality um, f- a phone picture than me. They spotted the Masters TARDIS. That's right. Um, from uh, Roger Delgado era. Um, oh, I'm we've not all ashamed got one of those, of that. Oh, yeah, well, I should think so. <laughs> Your mind just happened to be... Uh, no, I'm definitely not ashamed of it. Well, if they came to my gaff, they would spot uh, a model of the pirate captain. <laughs> ah, yes. Frank bought me. I do have that on display, Frank. What um, what figurines from Doctor Who do you have, Alan? <laughs> um, <laughs> is there an episode with the Invisible Doctor? <laughs> um, I've, got I've got that guy. Not can I, there are, there are there are episodes with Invisible uh, creatures. Certainly. Yeah, I've got if, those. If there is one, I can guarantee some monster with bad skin will be saying, Parimada eliminated. Is it Planet <laughs> of the Daleks when Joe Grant goes into the jungle um, speaking yes, to a dictator? Yes, that's the one, Frank. There's yep. invisible people. Yeah, I thought, thanks. Thanks for... Um, <laughs> I knew you guys would know. I didn't want to make a fool of myself. <laughs> That was a piece of music I can't identify because I'm not really involved in the music anymore. I'm not getting my choices. You know, when I choose my own music on this show, to an hour, gone. Gone during the current crisis. <laughs> I mean, I miss it. I know it's not one of the big headlines of the COVID-19 pandemic, well, though, is it? I, no, I know I absolutely have <laughs> been trying to get rid of my uh, choices for, <laughs> basically since I signed up. And they t- it took this, it took this for them to get their own way. But I miss it, I think. I, I look forward to my choices in, in particular. But, you know, I would do, I suppose. They're my choices. I'd rather miss your choices. Who'd yeah, have thought? Yeah, me too. Hmm? Uh, we've also had a comment. We were talking in the last link, Frank, about uh, your well, your home, essentially, and people commenting on uh, the various aspects of it. And do you remember you posted a video of you working out to Joe Wicks last week on Instagram? Yeah. And... Kashmano75, his comment on this video was, hmm, that door has been cut down a bit too much. You'll get a terrible draft coming under there. And then they decided to have a whole conversation. Disco Shippers said, I can only think there was a carpet there before. I guess you could join a piece to it. He'd need a decent chippy mind. I love that. It's the gap at the the top of the door or the bottom. It's at the bottom, apparently. It's weird because uh, we just had the kitchen done and I I believe that they tiled on top of the previous tile, so the floor has gone up a bit. Doesn't make any sense. (laughs) I haven't haven't noticed the draft. Frank, um, Frank, Leoffa has also commented regarding your workout video. It reminds me of one of those Third Reich training films with 50 people in a field (laughs) practising Well, I don't know about that. I love the Soviet um, Russian ones when people do those oh, yeah. giant PE lessons outdoors. Yeah. It's um, it's one of the things I miss about the Soviet Union. 
It's very incentivizing for the workout to think that you might be killed if you don't do your bunny hops or whatever. I just think. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you don't, I don't get that kind of menace from Joe Wicks. Yes, he's much more uh, chummy, isn't he? He was dressed I, as. Um, he, he, he ended the week with Fancy Dress Friday. Did he? Um, did Joe he? Wicks. What did he dress he up did, as? He did the whole thing as uh, Spider Man. That's good. By the way, did you hear one of my alerts then? No. I no. tried to switch off my alerts, but I, I can't work it out. It doesn't matter. What was it? it? Was it Doctor Who alert? No, I can't I can't see what it was. I just heard a beep. It could have been anything. Um, okay. I, I, I read a marvellous um, a, a marvellous thing in the Roman Catholic press this week. Is that in, in the Catholic Herald. Well, I, I, I read the Catholic Herald as well. Oh. And, Is that online? Um, I don't know if it's online. The tablet. <laughs> you, you can get it. I have it delivered. Um, Thank you very the, much. The Catholic Herald was talking about the fact that um, due to the um, current crisis, um, people have been kept away from uh, Stonehenge. And mm-hmm. it was, I think, the spring solstice last week. Right. And so oh. the Druids... Um, weren't able to worship it. Obviously, it's a big thing for the Druids. The any they any solstice, they love a solstice. The they Druids. do, and 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 that is one of their their key places to go is um, in Stonehenge. So they they said, you know, we're not the only ones who can't you know um, who can't worship at the moment. The Druids have been banned from um, from Stonehenge, and they had a quote from um, the head of the Tottenham branch. Of the Druids. I don't know if he was joking or not, but he said, um, yeah, he said it's really upsetting. He said, but the thing is, he said, we have to make sacrifices. (laughs) (laughs) Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. So I I went out um, this week, obviously for, uh, 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 what do they call it? An imperative journey. All yes. right. Is that the term? I've been calling it Is government it mandated exercise. Okay. Um, no, no it, it, I had to go um, somewhere to get something important. And so I, I, I think I've added the word imperative. I don't think that's cropped up during the whole crisis, but I like it. Mm. And um, for the first time, I wore a mask. Did a you? Proper, a proper, you know, double elastic um, white mask. Um, was, it, was it what they call an N95 mask? I've learned so much during Ooh, this crisis. No, I haven't oh, heard of an like N95. Oh, yeah. What are those ones are? I've been the same are? articles I've been reading. <laughs> I think I it's just are those the, the ones with the slight sort of bit, almost duck's bill, those type of masks? Maybe. I mean, it's I'm got not a, a mask metal, expert. Mine has got a metal grip on the top, um, a la Robbie Fowler. You know that plaster that Robbie Fowler used to have across the bridge of his nose? Yes! I think the idea that you can close the top of the mask tight to your nose, so if if saliva is raining down from taller citizens... It right. doesn't. It doesn't get it. It's, it's a bit, I don't want to end up like that gap Six. above my door. Um, so I anyway, yeah. I put my mask. And I believe on Stephen and, Merchant's local to you as well. Well, exactly. I was out with my mask on, and the first thing I realised is what I've been doing. I've been getting very uh, lax uh, 
um, optically in that I, I don't wear contact, contact lenses most days now. If you're not going anywhere, you might as well just put your specs on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if you wear your mask and specs, the specs really steam up because <laughs> the oh, breath is coming up past your Robbie Fowler. <laughs> Getting in behind the... And I couldn't see. I was... In the end, I had to take my spectacles off and I thought I can see better short-sighted than I can through this terrible mist. So that was, that was, my, uh, that was my first problem. Mm. And then um, I realised um, my phone went, uh, a text or an email or something, mm. and uh, my facial recognition doesn't operate when I've got uh, an anti-pandemic mask on. Good point. Oh. So I had to keep putting my... It's it's that terrible moral dilemma. Do I raise my mask and risk everything or do I go through the tedious business of putting in my password? So I had to keep putting in my password. But perhaps the strangest uh, mask-based experience I had was that um, I got a bit of mask envy yeah. I passed some people who oh, got really, I mean, some proper, sturdy, industrial, pseudo-military-looking masks. Things, really? Somebody, I saw a woman who had one on. Do you remember that um, Woody Allen film, Sleeper? Yeah. Yes. There's a mask he wears in that, and it looked a lot like that, and I thought, oh, man, I wish I had. I wish I had that mask. <laughs> so... Um, I'm going to start looking into, uh, I'd like to get a real beauty, because we're going to be wearing it for, you know, it's going to be months rather than weeks. Let's, let's, be, let's be honest. A real I'll beauty, Al. Keeping up with the Joneses has changed, hasn't it? It, it really has. You've seen the I size mean, of their mask next door. There's going to be like mask fashion. People are going to say, oh, no, everyone's wearing those black ones. Or the ones with the dog yeah. muzzle, the dog muzzle on them, so they look like... Uh, so they look anthropomorphic. It, it will come, it will come, it will surely come. This is Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is uh, Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. We're not live, we're not, so don't, don't text us. I insist you don't. But you can follow us at Frank on the radio on Twitter and Instagram and you can email us, email us during, uh, via the Absolute Radio website. I've never done it worse. I've never done it worse. <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. I think, you know, it doesn't matter now, does it? It doesn't matter. Bigger things, bigger fish to We're all late to and mend at the moment, yeah. dear. This is can no I read perfectionism. A, I read an interesting piece of journalism this week. I think, again, it might have been in, uh, in the Roman Catholic press, but somebody went <laughs> to... Um, they asked Terry White, who is 80 years old now. Is uh, he still with us? Yeah, he's still with us. Still they alive. Asked, they asked, um, they asked, you know, I think we've dropped that. Um, <laughs> That's <face>. particular. <laughs> um, Terry White, they asked him how he was coping in isolation, which I thought was, gave Terry White a chance to be such a... Tony Noel. <laughs> yes. Because he said, well, I spent, you know, I spent however many years it was in complete darkness, sleeping on a floor with no, uh, nothing to read and nothing to write on, hardly seen mm. anyone from the outside world. So it's no problem to me. I thought, all right, Terry. Yeah. All right, man. <laughs> we knew think... that. Don't beat us over the head with it. 
Do you think Terry but, Ware um, has a similar feeling that you used to on New Year's Eve when when suddenly the pub was full? <laughs> yes. Well, ex- yes. yeah. Like, what are they? It's so true. I think it's like at the end of uh, I don't. Know, it's not quite at the end, but in, in Heart of Darkness, when the character who's seen all this horror in the jungle comes back to the real world and looks at everyone in a sort of a you don't know what life's about kind of a way. I suppose mm-hmm. that it must be like that for Terry. Um, very much so. Tall as well, very tall. Is he? He's very he's, tall. He's a, he's, a, he's a long white. Mm. <laughs> and he was before. <laughs> he was before his time with the uh, the the hipster beard. Yes, yeah, he was. Well, he was before his time with self isolation. Actually, not so much of the self. Yeah. Quite low on the self, but yes. certainly big on the isolation. Um, but well, um, I, he's I an inspiration. If you had seen a story, this might well have come up in uh, in your reading of the Catholic news sites this week. There's been quite a few online fails with people suddenly having to do workplace meetings from home using Zoom and Facebook Live and whatnot. And mm. one of those uh, online fails was when an Italian priest activated a video <laughs> filter when he, when he was live-streaming a mass on Facebook. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Al, are you referring to Father Paolo Longo at the church of San Pietro et San Benedetto? Sounds like I might be. He is my favourite man ever. I'm obsessed by him. To be honest, had it been a, uh, a Church of England vicar, I would have suspected he'd put that filter on deliberately <laughs> in order to, uh, to appeal to... Open, uh, open inverted commas, young people. I was <laughs> inverted commas. Yeah, do you they know, go a bit? I want yeah, to talk to you about a little fella named Jesus. I saw, a, I saw a local news story with with one who had a ventriloquist dummy doing part of the sermon, and uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get that in the in the Catholic Church. You get that used to get those biker vicars as well who like, wore leather jackets. <laughs> oh right. Well, he did say in his defence, Frank. He said the person who keeps drawing on my face obviously likes to make jokes, which <laughs> made him sound like a bit of a git. And I kind of warmed to him. Yeah, I, I like that. That's a good line from him. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I went to the last couple of... Um, we were talking about the, the Catholic priest and the last link. I went to the last two available masses before masses stopped and yeah. still went up to the altar and took communion and taking, um, taking the communion from a, another human being's hands. At the mm. co- it felt like being on an Alton Towers ride. I felt like some <laughs> yes. sort of crazy adrenaline junkie. It's risky. It I is, want to check it's... out one of your um, Catholic newspapers because I want to know if they have like the equivalent of a 3am section. Do they have like spotted Archbishop of Canterbury or uh, do they uh, have like a gossip page? They, they have like, you know, current news. That's about <laughs> as close. There's a diary page, but there isn't, there isn't I... any um, the Holy Trinity girls or anything. Like I was... <laughs> I was wondering if there was a little bit of accidentally on purpose with this priest and the uh, and the funny hat and the technology mistake because I think priests might be seeing that their job is up for grabs because now that we're all doing the self isolation thing haven't haven't the Catholic Church said that people can do confessions from home and 
maybe priests okay. have realised, hang on, God can work from home. We're like a middleman here and we're becoming a bit unnecessary. Hmm. It's the oh, difference between watching football <laughs> live on Sky and actually going to the games. Right. Oh, I see. Don't um, do the confessions to your partners, though. <laughs> that's TMI, yeah, no, if no, ever no, I heard a, it. No, why, the very idea of it. <laughs> what I liked about... I can't the... cope with that much penance. <laughs> <laughs> what I liked about Father Paolo, is it, do I call address him as Father Frank? Is yeah, that respectful? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so he was live streaming his mass, which is a nice idea, I think, via Facebook Live. But it was the choice of filters that he'd um, unintentionally activated because he had on his purple stole, he had his gear on, but it was the fact that it was a digital robot helmet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It came up first, followed by comedy sunglasses, cartoon eyes, and then weights. Brilliant. It did occur to me, though, I think, I don't know, it made me, it was very watch me. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. I think I would tune into that, to be honest. Well, this proves my point. I think it's the equivalent of looking over someone's shoulder to see what books they've got, though, is that you don't actually, (laughs) you don't notice them enough. Um, I felt for him a bit, it could happen to anyone. I didn't know such filters existed. I'll I'll be straight with you. It's been a tremendous education, this whole thing, for me. <laughs> it reminds me, do you remember when we had Boy George on the show in the day when we used to have regular guests and he'd just come out of prison? And he yes. said prison was brilliant because he said, I, I read all the books I was going to read. I had a chance to really think about my life. That's why I'm, I'm hoping to come out of self-isolation with, with that kind of awareness, maybe without the big hats. Nice. Um, and the yes. black neck. Never like the black neck on George. No. I mean, it was flattering, but I, it's, I, very it's a long thinning. way to go. It was a lovely idea in principle, George, but yeah, it's... Um, I used it's to have a, a landlady. With the sheets, the black neck, I find, when you well, paint I, on yeah, I had, the I had Well, yeah, I had a landlady who used powder heftily, and mm. the collar, the fur collar on her coat was, was absolutely <laughs> thick with face Ooh. powder. I mean, mm. it was... Uh, and I, George must have that. He must have some dirty shirts. Mm. <laughs> That's what I think. Frank Skinner on Radio. Uh, it's not just priests that have been blighted by technology problems. There was a woman who was on a conference call from home and her boss was using some funny filter and accidentally turned herself into a potato and the woman who was on the call has put like it up on Twitter. Use, I like that you used the word use the word blighted before. Did I use the word blighted? Fantastic. Sort of a pre retrospective punning going on here, I Thank you. But she she sort of humiliated her boss online and and she I was is. thinking this is this is quite risky business because if she then gets sacked for humiliating her boss, so they, is, is that, that another pun? Like an, another yeah, pun on very good. <laughs> Is it going to become an HR issue? Uh, well, well, I mean, if you got sacked for say... humiliating your boss, I know two people who'd be out of a job, Alan. <laughs> I um, I read this uh, story, and the woman, the boss, is called Lizette Ocampo. 
And um, one of my parents' she, friends worked in the theatre. What is what she's done is she's over embraced her own humiliation. Oh, has she? So <laughs> yes, she said um, she she delivered. She started a Twitter account in order to discuss this embarrassing thing that had happened to her. Of course, it's no longer embarrassing once someone embraces it. Yeah. And um, one of the things she said was that everything, this is an actual quote from Lizetto Campo, everything about the potato story is hilarious. <laughs> right. You don't say that about things when you're the sort of chomp. She's, the trouble with um, Ocampo, um, mm. not De Campo, who does some very fine work in another area, uh, Gino De Campo, but Ocampo... I find she, she's not grasping the basic, as you say, the basic comedy rule. I think it was Peter Sellers who said, what makes Clouseau so funny is that he takes himself so seriously. Mm. Acampo she, hasn't Some got of that. the things, can I just say, she's already said, to, as advice to the people looking at her Twitter feed, stay planted at home. Oh, That's oh, one of no. her jokes. And also, I yam the potato boss. Right. Okay. Oh. Are we suggesting that perhaps Ocampo might wear the equivalent of the comedy socks, the Simpson socks in the office? I I think think... as a boss, she might be a chip off the old block, that kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Frank's not even dignifying that with a response. Yes, I struggle with that. You see, I went to block. I went to the last word. Weirdly, uh, the one one pun I've done on purpose, (laughs) Frank didn't spot all the accidental ones he jumped on. (laughs) She also then... In the midst of all this um, light-heartedness, um, Lisette Ocampo... You're giving him a right roasting, Al. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, um, she says... Um, she talks about their, their company, and she says our work is to fight for progressive <laughs> values, not oh. easy during the Trump administration. I thought, not now, Lisette. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not now! Spodface. Stay out of here. I thought it was some sort of Duke of Edinburgh filter she'd put on when I first saw it. I think you saw her eyes Better get those jokes in. (laughs) Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Um, The the Spod filter. um, You remember that band? Yeah. Yes. They, um, it reminded me of stuff. Yeah, there was a, a comic, uh, a cartoon character called Sam Spoddykins. Ring any bells? Never heard of him. It no, was a, it I was a, the... a... Go on. I just said, I remember the store Spud You Like. I think we told you recently <laughs> um, the restaurant. I think you only learned recently that it had closed down. No, I think I'm... I thought it had closed down. Oh, that was and then a... we got we got some um, yes. some people get in touch to say that we you know like things like there's one in Wigan. You're right. Anyway, back to Spuddykins. It may have gone in in the interim. Yeah, but um, I don't know Sam Spuddykins. Um, was in a uh, when I used to drink every night in public houses. Um, you remember public houses? Yeah. Uh, there was um, the, the Salvation uh, Salvation Army used to come round um, on Friday yeah. nights with their um, periodical, 
Mm-hmm. And it wasn't uh, the Watchtower. Is the Watchtower, is that the... Uh, that's that the Jehovah's, I believe. Jehovah's. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, they, they had their... Um, their Salvation Army uh, magazine, and it had a, a, a cartoon strip in it called Sam Spodikins, who was a talking potato who imparted <laughs> moral wisdom. <laughs> and um, in the days when there was always people going around pubs, and there was a bloke, there was an Irish guy who used to come in and collect for a local hospice, and my friend called him Irwin, and we always called him Irwin. We called him Irwin to his face. How are you, Irwin? <laughs> and uh, it turned out that my friend only called him Irwin because when people put money in his tin, he used to say many tanks. And Irwin was Rommel's first name. <laughs> um, a German officer who had many tanks. And uh, it completely became his name. Although not what he's subsequently become most famous <laughs> No, probably. Probably not. But... Um, those people, you know, now it's all drug dealers. But in the in the old days, there was all sorts of interesting people coming around pubs, um, mm. plying their wares, um, including uh, the Sam Spodikins uh, agent. Well, there was a wonderful man, Frank, in uh, Hampstead, in the oldie Hampstead village, who, when me and my friend Jane, because she lived there when I was growing up, we'd wander up there and he was Canadian. He wore a big hat and a scarf and he'd say, hey, you folks like poetry? And he would read you his poetry that he'd written and he would frequent the hostelries, I believe, as well. I'm guessing. poems. Hmm, I believe I so. I have no evidence on this, but yeah. was, was the poetry really bad? <laughs> Um, I, I'm going to all take my instincts, on that. All my instincts say that it will be. Yeah. Um, and and uh, don't get me wrong, a lot of great poetry has come from underneath a big hat. I yeah. mean, Alfred, Lo- <laughs> Alfred Lord Tennyson wore a few uh, whoppers in the, in the millinery uh, department. Do poets like hats, do they? Oh, well, they used to. Traditionally, they well, do. Well, Damie did sit well. She loved a hat, Frank. Yeah. Carol Ann, Carol Ann Doffy may be a hard hat. Mm. I can't see her in anything uh, floral. I think the but, limerick uh, writers like hat because it's an easy rhyme, isn't it? Huh? Yeah. Little, uh, little uh, tip <laughs> Any limerick writers listening? I mean, you've got. You you've never got know, do you, what you're going to pick up on this show? Cats. Bats. Yeah. I think we should. I think we should leave all the possible uh, rhymes for hat. Facts. Well, we're still operational. <laughs> oh, you don't want to continue? <laughs> no, no, that, that, I, I feel it getting closer. Frank So I know there's not a lot of people out there in the actual outside world, but um, people from other homes, have we heard from them? We have a bit. We have yeah. a bit. Um, I have a, a message here. Morning all, I hope you're keeping safe and well. I wanted to inform you, as I know how Frank feels about people having that, that this website has attributed a quote which is included in one of Frank's classic anecdotes to Frank himself. I forget who the original quote belongs to, but Frank never neglects to correctly attribute it when he tells the tale. Indeed. I don't know what it is, but yeah. It's Frank Skinner quotes, and number two is, you can spend your whole life trying to be popular, but at the end of the day, the size of the crowd at your funeral will be largely dictated by the weather. 
Now, you always quote who that is, but I don't, I don't know who it is. Well, I he can't quotes- quote him by name. It was an American football coach who was interviewed, and the interviewer said, you're not very popular at the moment, are you? And that was what he said. I'll be honest with you, I've improved what he said grammatically. <laughs> you but have. The, um, but the, um, I, uh, yeah, I don't think he would have said determined. But um, uh, I, he... Um, it's the, very much his thing, and I thought it was a great... I love the quote, but no, I've never claimed it to be mine. Well, in your book, you... I mean, I'm about to tell you what you wrote in your book here. Please but, do, uh, I'm 63. In your autobiography... Well, it's one of my most thumbed volumes, and you do... I remember the exact passage, and you do say this was said by an American... It was like a baseball a sort of um, ex, ex, American football coach. I think coach it was NFL, as I recall. Yes, but I, I did uh, quote you in my book. I used that quote, and I attributed it to you. Oh, did Perhaps you? It, oh. Yes, I'm afraid I, I may have. But isn't this what often happens when you look up a famous? I'm not saying this is a famous quote, but when you look up a famous quote, it often says, "Oh, well, it's often attributed to blah blah." But it was originally. Yes. And I think what happens is that people are not necessarily nicky. I think they quote somebody and whoever um, quotes them can't be bothered with the the, um, the introduction, so they just do that. Indeed. Glad we've sorted that out. Apparently a lot of the <laughs> things that we think are funny things Oscar Wilde said, Americans think are funny things that Dorothy Parker said. Or some, well, there you like. go. And a lot of people think that Winston Churchill um, invented the phrase black dog to describe right. depression but um, Samuel Johnson used that same phrase for depression in the 18th century oh, absolute radio was... here <laughs> where, but Winston um, Churchill did come up with the phrase power nap apparently look I don't want Jeez. you to fall out over Churchill and Johnson again this happens all the time. Rowing in the pub over Winston Churchill and Samuel Johnson. This is Who what happens first? when Englishmen get together. <laughs> they always argue about this, this thing. I had, I'm hey, Scottish, I had yeah. some replies to my pictures. Um, Did you? Yeah. What, what pictures? Well, we put pictures up oh, um, that, that, uh, last yeah. week, you may, may recall. Your kitchen Someone said splashback. my splashback was looking immaculate. Because I've got tiles with my copper pans. Oh, and that's you know what? what a splashback is. Yeah. What on earth did you think it was? Well, I never you might. I thought it was something to do with um, smoking <laughs> marijuana. What was that thing called <laughs> when you blow back down someone's... A oh, blowback. Is that a splashback? Blowback. Yeah. Blowback, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you remember that film Blowback Mountain? Big stoner <laughs> movie. <laughs> stoner movie. <laughs> I love a stoner movie. I'm not a stoner myself, but Pineapple Express, which I think is currently on Sky Cinema, check it out. I once watched it on a a transatlantic flight and Adrian Childs, the popular um, presenter, came over to me mid-film and said to, mate, mate, I took my headphones off. I said, what? He said, everyone's uh, staring at you, mate. You're you're, you're laughing too much. I said, well, they shouldn't have comedy films on. You're talking about, but it's it's a it's a brilliant movie, mate, mate, get off me. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. This is uh, Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. We're not live, so don't text us. Uh, but you can follow us at Frank on the Radio on Twitter and Instagram, or you can email us via the Absolute Radio website. You remember that old favourite. <laughs> and free, talking free of, on the website. 
Talking Indeed. of old favourites, Frank, mm. I would like to... Uh, well, I'd like to have a discussion about Sir David Attenborough, SDA, because I know I'm actually quite a fan of his. I know you have mixed emotions, really, regarding David, don't you? Do well, you? Um, Me too. T- yeah, I don't like that thing of him letting lions creep up <laughs> on impalas and um, not saying anything about it. I mean, mm. in, if I did that, in my personal life, if I was in the jungle and I, I did that, I'd feel bad about it. If I then mm. filmed it and sent it out to loads of people, I'd feel um, ghoulish. Right. Well, I think it's also because that's your nightmare kind of film, isn't it? You know, you hate the sort of person rifling through the drawer when the torch right, is outside the and the security guard's coming in. It's a similar feeling of dread, I imagine. Yeah, but just just what's wrong with... Look out! <laughs> that, that's surely... <laughs> Is um, maybe is he the thinks the animals response. don't. Maybe he thinks the animals that are in peril don't speak English, and that they will look. I know he's a, look I know he's a great man and all that, David Attenborough, blah blah. But there must be some part of him when he sees the lion creeping up on the impala. There must be some part of him thinking this will be great television. When yeah. It tears oh, it do apart. you think when the, yeah. when the penguin doesn't make it up? Oh, yeah. This By one way, was someone, not so lucky. Someone will text in and uh, or whatever they do, email in and say, um, oh, you don't get impalas in the same place as lions or something like that. But I'm using, the, I'm using impala as a, as a for instance. Yeah. Why don't I'm you doing. like him, Al? Is it because he's a bit, he's a bit neggy about Trump? Um, and, and, I'm, <laughs> and I'm a keen Trump supporter, as you know. <laughs> No, I just have mixed feelings about him, I think. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, well, I have mixed feelings about most people that are in the public eye when they say stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when they talk, I think, oh, you're actually a bit silly, aren't you? Fair enough. So well, he, what's, he, what's, been his, what's been his thing this? Oh, well, I, I tell I, you, it's the lost thing, isn't he's it? He's talking about lost. He's He's been sort of lamenting the the end of getting lost, essentially. And he was asked this week, he did an interview for Time Out, and he said, children and teenagers will never know the true freedom because smartphones have essentially wiped out the problem of losing your way. Mm -hmm. But what was brilliant was he used what I would call a not particularly relatable example. He said, it's like when I was in Indonesia in 1955, sailing on a small boat between islands. No one knew where we were. Um, And there were no mobile phones. Have you ever watched those old black and white films of him in Indonesia in 1955? He's usually got his shirt off at every opportunity. Right. He's well, a real dashing English adventurer. And he's, he's out there invariably capturing animals to take back to zoos. So yeah. um, he was, well, he was a bit of a When you say have you ever watched man. them, can I just say yes? And let's leave it there. I mean, also, I, look, I, I'm not anti, anti-David Attenborough, of course not. But when he says that people have got um, iPhones and blah, blah, if you just drive out of any major city centre in Britain, you will watch the process which I call 4G, 3G, <laughs> GPRS, E, dotted line. That's what happens to your reception as soon as you get away from a major hob. So I think he must, um, he's either got a brilliant phone or he's, um, 
he, he's, he hasn't been getting out much. I know none of us have, but I mean, generally. <laughs> So we were talking about um, Sir David Attenborough. Yeah, I found it a bit confusing, his message, that young people are never going to experience freedom because they've all got an iPhone, um, and so therefore they'll never get lost. He seems to equate being lost with freedom, (laughs) which, which, I mean, I've been lost a few times in my life, but I never think, oh, this is really liberating, (laughs) not not knowing where I am in the world. I mean, I got lost in a car park once, and do you want to know what my response was? Yeah. I mean, I didn't find it liberating. Trust me. No. It's well, not. I, this last two weeks is the longest I've been without getting lost, perhaps in my <laughs> lifetime, because I haven't I mean... been out. As you know, we walked to the same restaurant after the radio show every week, and I still take the wrong turn if I'm leading. I mean, I have a, a clinical issue with getting lost. <laughs> so he's, he's, wrong, uh, he's wrong there. Also, well, as also, a, as a if an interviewer gentleman. Al, if an interviewer asked Frank, um, "When did you lot get get lost?" I mean, they would actually have to rephrase that question to, "When did you last successfully manage to find your way somewhere?" <laughs> yeah, That's how exactly. often you get lost. Sorry, Al. You see, I, I thought public figures were shot down in flames, though, if they said sweeping statements which didn't include minorities. And I am one of the getting lost a lot minority. <laughs> and I don't see why um, Sir David Attenborough isn't being dragged over the coals for oppressing me. <laughs> um, I did notice something, though, boys, which I would like to point out to you, which was I, I read the article in question. And how it occurred during the interview, which was in person, I just wonder if this has been lost in translation. Because the interviewer said before leaving, I ask him if there is something he experienced as a child that he wishes teenagers could, could have today. Getting lost, he says, and off Attenborough, Attenborough goes. Oh. Are you sure he wasn't telling him to get lost? And oh, he, he just missed the end get of it. Lost. Well, this is what I think. Yes. <laughs> just, I, I think he hated so. the interviewer. He's <laughs> getting lost. It's just an old school put down get lost. Well, Alan, it's just weird that it was the last sentence of the... The last words of the whole interview were, getting lost. Yeah. I think he was telling uh, him to, you know... He started, at at the end, he started going on about what the damage that human beings have done to the planet, I think. Oh, that that doesn't sound like him. Yeah. Not now, David. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it does. It sounds exactly like him. I'm sure he's a great man. The thing is, though... I don't know how you feel about this, Al, but I'm a fan of a maze. As you know, I love Hampton Court. Oh, And yeah. it's kind of my home from home. Mm-hmm. I go there whenever I can. Do people use smartphones in mazes now? Oh, that is a good question. To get their way out. That would be right up there with the pub quiz smartphone <laughs> user. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two minutes on Google Maps and you're out. But would, a ma- would, it, show a, would it actually show a maze? If you um, wouldn't it just tell you to go straight towards the exit and, and not acknowledge the hedge row? Going oh, over maybe. to our transport correspondent, Alan Cochran. I, I don't know if it detects hedge row. Oh, Al? on the um, on the subject of me being the uh, transport correspondent, before the lockdown, I had quite an embarrassing incident. After one of the last gigs I did before all this kicked off, I was driving out of Liverpool late at night, very tired, and it was raining Sounds a little already. bit. <laughs> 
and I, I was a bit it. confused. It's not the leaving of Liverpool. <laughs> I got a bit confused as to, you know, there's sort of road markings and then there's marks on the road where cars have um, sort of worn a line or oiled a light. And I drove so badly, the police pulled me over thinking I was drunk. <laughs> so, the I, haven't said, seen, I haven't seen these uh, dotted lines that other motorists have accidentally It was just a the... bit confusing. And then he said to me, um, what, what went on back there then? And I said, I just got confused with the layout of the road. <laughs> and he said, uh, have you been drinking tonight, sir? I said, I haven't had a drink for five years. Although I'd told my jokes about drinking that night. but I Which is, I'm afraid, exactly what a drunk would say. <laughs> I didn't tell him that. <laughs> but yeah, they pulled me over and um, wanted to check. That's how bad my driving is, even though I'm the motoring correspondent on this show. <laughs> I give the impression of being intoxicated. Well, perhaps those people from the 70s who say, I drive better after I've had a drink, oh, God. Were, uh, were actually spot on. Right. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it, by the way. Before that, I, uh, I did refer to um, people drinking and driving in the 70s. Can I say that? It's very bad. And Absolute Radio has quite a strong policy on it. Mm-hmm. Um, anti. I think they're anti, um, generally. Yeah. But I was and, listening and I the other say, day. not just Absolute Radio. They're not no. swimming against the tide here. <laughs> I, 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 listened, <laughs> I listened to um, In the Summertime by Mongo Jerry. Oh, the other yeah. day. Oh, and um, yes. it's I mean it's from the seventies. It's a great track. It reminds me of all those beautiful summers of yesteryear. But mm-hmm. Oh, can you remind us, Frank, of how it goes, please? It goes in the summertime when the weather is high, you can ride away and touch the sky. Ray Dawson. You go women. Vocals. Yeah, you go women, you oh it's horrible. Well that was the first thing because he said <laughs> You got women, you got women on my mind. Oh, I know. I think it's I got women on my mind. Oh. I, think, I don't think you can. I don't think you can say that anymore, Ray. And then he says, "Have a drink, have a drive, go see what you can find." And I thought, mm, "This is getting worse and worse." <laughs> it's like I had I had a packet of Love Hearts this week, and it, they included um, one that said "Hog me" and one that oh. said "Kiss me," and I thought these are going to have to be made illegal in the. That's current. right. Situation. Well, they're going to have to update the love hearts to say consensual hugs. Yeah. Well, I don't I, uh, think there's any hugs allowed now. I'll look forward to oh, a future well. Consensual is. Love hearts just say, now wash your hands. Yes. Yeah, that would be, um, that's a lot of my love life. <laughs> in, did you read about the, um, on this show many years ago, we talked with, um, with some enthusiasm about a gorilla at London Zoo. <laughs> Kombucha. That managed to get into a. Yeah, he got into a. You you try it. Ow, you just try that's it, mate. Instant recall. Kombucha. Yeah, he he didn't escape. It suggested he'd escape. What he, he got into a an adjoining room to his yeah. um his cell, and drank um five liters of undiluted ribena. Yes. Well, it was black currant squash, uh-huh. which makes me think it was snide ribena. Yeah. Like he had Costco, they're not, give, they're not going to give the old grillies. They're not going to get. Uh, they're not going to get proper Ribena, are they? It'd be my mum's Ribena. Be good enough for them. I think it was for human consumption, wasn't it? Wasn't he in the what cafe? But 
Oh, I thought he'd managed to uh, get into his own store. Cupboard. Oh, I see. The supplies. I'd be very surprised if they give them black currant cordial to the. Well, it wouldn't. Well, he had five leases. Out, though. To he... be fair, it's a, it's administered out of a power hose. <laughs> It'd make his fur very sticky. Oh, and he's Can he's you imagine Kombucha? What's his name, Al? Kombucha? Kombucha. Kombucha. I think so. Kombucha. Should we say kombucha? Yeah, right. Can Let's you call imagine the whole the, thing. Can you imagine the state of that fur? The matted arms and, oh, it'd be like oh, Richard yeah. Keyes. You're assuming that he, that he spilt any of it. He might have knocked it. I imagine he took them a bit like <laughs> eating lockets, that they were in individual <laughs> cartons, and he just he just swallowed them wholesale. <laughs> he I got mean, really strung out. What he happened? He, he got very strung out, and I think he got a bit silly. He got aggressive and overexcited. Well, he had a sugar he? rush. Yeah. It took three keepers an hour to get him off the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Absolute radio. We were talking about um, the um, um, Ribena Gosling Simeon um, kombucha in the last uh, in the last link. What I was moving towards is was a story in the in the papers um, recently about a bunch of elephants uh, yes. that got really drunk. Fourteen like, of them, Frank. They well, there was a picture of two of them like properly <laughs> flat out on the floor. Do they even? Do, is that do they sleep when they sleep? Elephants. I can't remember ever seeing an elephant sort of lying on the floor before. Are they like horses in that they sleep standing up? Or do they? Well, oh, you see, this is when we need our readers. But yeah, you know yeah. what? I'm not going to Google, and I'd love our readers to tell us, please, in time for next week. Do they but... lie down? Can you can you picture in your mind, apart from these two drunks, can you picture an elephant lying down? I yeah, but I don't want to... you to go into my personal life, thank you. <laughs> but... um. In they... fact, I think I'll have seen just about everything when I see an elephant lie. <clears throat> no, I don't think they do. I think they sleep standing up. I oh. suspect you're right. What they close the eye, like the, the giraffe, I imagine, does similarly. Does it? Well, the giraffe. Do you remember Jeffrey the giraffe? Jeffrey was he on Rainbow? Jeffrey oh, the no, giraffe. Oh, no, was he a London Zoo favourite? If, if he fell, he fell to his knees. Oh, God. Couldn't get him back up again. And the process, I think, of trying to raise Jeffrey, I think, was too much for his delicate um, constitution. And he, he passed. Oh. Um, absolute radio, where <laughs> um, real wildlife matters. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think... Anyways, but these ones were properly flat out on the floor, um, completely drunk. Smashed. And of course... Plotter. They the drunk. main problem is that elephants, um, if when they get drunk, they can still remember everything. Very good. Oh yeah! Oh, lovely, Frank. <laughs> lovely. Or do you well, think that's, that's why they're terrible friends to have, isn't it? You don't want these <laughs> well, people spies. Yeah. Imagine if that's, you know the gorillas won't have them. I mean, can you imagine? You should have seen the state you were in last night, kombucha. Oh, oh my kombucha. god, kombucha! What are you up to? <laughs> do you think it's the other way around? Do you think actually? All elephants have just got such good memories that they're drinking to forget. They're 
just attempting to <laughs> smash up those grey cells. I, well, I don't understand why they drank. It was corn wine, wasn't it? Yes, they this drank 30 litres of say. corn wine and they passed out in the tea plantation. But I believe they were taking advantage of the fact that it's, you know, the workers on the farm were currently self-isolating. So it was unmanned. Oh, is that what it is? Or unpersoned. But when you um, say taking advantage, are you suggesting that there are some people who actually drink alcohol for the taste? I mean, do they? <laughs> yes. Did, because they, they drink they it. They couldn't have known that it got them drunk, could they? Well, I believe possible. elephants have form on the alcohol front. They eat golden berries, I believe, until oh, they get yeah. drunk. Yeah, I still can't work out whether the elephants knew this um, stuff would make them drunk. So um, what do elephants know? You can tell <laughs> us on uh, Twitter, Instagram and uh, email. Frank Skinner. So um, here's a question which you may or may not know the answer to. Is there such a thing, you know, when you hear the, people talk about zebras or mules and they say, yeah, they're part of the horse family or oh, yes. tigers and ocelots, you know, they'll say mm. they're one of the cats. Is there such a thing as the elephant family? Are, oh. are there other animals Ooh. who are part of that? Lovely question. Are they just mammals then? What, but I know what you mean. So, what is their subdivision? And, and yes, what is their mammals? subdivision? Do you think there's a whole load missing in the middle that we've only got elephant and mouse at far ends of the spectrum? Is That's that why what they're frightened think? of each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's they, very, they, they can't uh, cope with that, that big an edit. No, Nobody likes a jump that. cut. Exactly. <laughs> Can you think of anything else in that family? Hippo, hippo, I mean, surely a hippo is some sort of relative of an elephant. No, I mean, nowhere one near. Would think, really? Tapir? What about the tapir? Oh, oh you're good yeah, on your is. animals. You, well, I, I had a tapir. I, it, it, there used to be um, collectors' cards in tea, packets of tea when I was a kid. Brook Bond tea. And um, that there was that, something like Animals of the World. And I had a tapir in that. And I remember I had no, I'd never heard of it before. Strange. Mm. Got a nose like a bottle opener. Yes. Um, well, as I think David the... Attenborough once said. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to know where they get this reputation for memory, the elephants. How How is anyone testing that? I know it's, um, like, yeah, I wouldn't want to put well, a lot of money on it. Also... Is that entirely accurate? Because one thing they apparently do is they leave a mark. They leave their scent. They the elephants, certainly do. When they yeah. <laughs> when they found the alcohol, overlap. <laughs> when, when they found alcohol, so they know to return to it, they will leave scent there. Oh. It is very similar to uh, men. Do they and... leave a pair of trainers <laughs> hanging on the telegraph wire? <laughs> is that them? Well, no, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's when I was a kid, people used to say if you got drunk, you saw pink elephants. Are you aware mm. of that? Did yes, I, I am. Yeah. No. I've yeah, never heard that. it was. Um, I actually saw spiders crawling on the ceiling, which was less colourful and more terrifying. Oh, but dear. Um, yeah, Sounds I don't think like you were supposed to go. Dream. You weren't supposed to go and do that sort of close research. But yeah, and, and also people used to say, oh, he got a bit elephants last night. You know that like, elephant's trunk is rhyming slang for oh. drunk. Oh, That's, is that so right? It's all, it's all been brought together in this story like a fabulous um, cluster. Fair play to the Cockneys. I love rhyming slang. 
The thing is, the elephants, <laughs> as a, they do have the metabolisms <laughs> to cope with it, I find. A bit like sort of people in theatre in the 70s. Oh, yeah. They've just developed, you know, they've yeah. evolved to cope. <laughs> also, I didn't know there was such a thing as corn wine. It could get rice wine as well. It makes me think the grape manufacturers have been leading us up the garden <laughs> after about their exclusive exactly. powers. You can make wine out of anything. Good point. Anyway, on that note, um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of home brewing going on during the current crisis. Not a franc, though, can we say. That must be a boom industry. Okay, so uh, there you have it. Um, Sarah Champion is up next, so uh, listen to her. I'm sure she's got a lovely uh, linen basket she'll be hunched over. Um, And you know what? If the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise... We will be back again this time next week. Now stop in. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.